I have these friends, Dan and Sheila. I Actually, they're podcast hosts. Welcome to Profiling Criminal Minds. I'm Dan. And I'm Dr. Redmond. And we are back for episode two of Touching Evil, Killing with Kindness. And uh, before we get started, I think it's worth mentioning something that like, we probably should have mentioned last time. But I guess we were so focused on talking about Robson Green and uh, redheads. It didn't come <laughs> up. Uh, which, this is Paul Abbott's TV show. He created and writes this TV show. And if you don't remember who Paul Abbott is, Paul Abbott is the guy who's not very good at writing the show Cracker. Yeah. <laughs> like, when Jimmy McGovern said he couldn't do it anymore, they tried to bring in another guy to write Cracker. And, well, y'all can just listen to our feelings about that. Well, I did think, I mean, after you watch the American Cracker, you go, well, Paul Abbott wasn't so no, bad. No, he really, he really <laughs> wasn't. But it's just like, no, he it didn't just... have jimmy mcgovern's voice no he couldn't he just because i would think jimmy mcgovern's that comes from some place inside him all of his shows yeah. and then that's almost impossible to duplicate to recreate that voice yeah yeah that voice i mean we saw things go haywire in other shows as well yeah that are very particular to a certain person that's true yeah like well it's like a, a david milch show nobody but david milch is going to be writing deadwood you know it just wouldn't yeah. make sense mm -hmm. yeah it's the same kind of thing you know like look what happened uh every time you know they tried to uh they try to do stuff without joss whedon it just doesn't work no like it just doesn't work and it's too bad uh but yeah so that's that's paul abbott and so we're going to use this. He would go on to create uh, the show Shameless, which was a pretty popular show, and its American version just ran forever. It was the one that uh, William H. Macy was on ah. about uh, lower class people in, I don't know, Philadelphia or whatever, who, you know, live on the dregs of society, yeah. you know, about this uh, scumbag father and his uh, daughter who's trying to hold the family together. So yeah, uh, he also created that show, Shameless. Uh, so we'll, uh, we're probably not going to watch Shameless, but I am interested to see how Touching Evil, which he did after Cracker, obviously, we're going to see how it measures his growth as a writer. So this should be a lot of fun. Well, uh, yeah, we, we can say that because the first thing I want, was going to say is that I watched it again. The story is fine. Yeah. Sort of. But it, there's just something missing. We're going to talk about this. Yeah, we're going to talk about it as we go. That's the thing. Yeah. That's, that's why we're you know, here. I don't, but I don't know what it is exactly. So well, that's what we're going to be working gonna... to figure out. <laughs> yeah, I know. You know. Uh, the, uh, the, um, uh, like we knew it was missing from Cracker. He's not an insane genius who was broken by a lifetime of Catholic oppression in his childhood. Yeah. That's what was yeah. missing from Cracker. But, you know, this show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, yeah. so it starts in a uh, in a hospital where people in some kind of a long term care ward, and we know that these people are like not getting better because all of them are hooked up to breathing machines. Like this is uh, this is obviously people who are not doing great. A bunch of them all start dying at once. Yes. Three in one night. Yeah, exactly. So this cannot be a coincidence. Like this just 
blows all of our expectations of how this stuff is supposed to work. Right? It just blows it all out of the water. There's just no possible way this could accidentally happen. Meaning they have to, the organized and serial crimes, <laughs> people look three. into it, because it's three. And they uh and they've all been poisoned with digoxin. Yeah. Which is something to stop the heart. Yep. And it's okay. weird. I didn't notice in the first episode. I don't know why. Maybe they're doing the makeup differently. You want to go back and check. I didn't notice the scar in Dave's forehead in the first episode. No. But here, I like every shot. Did he not have the scar in the first episode? He might not have. I mean, it looks like the scar that I have. Uh, that's the funny thing. It looks like the scar that I have over my eye when I when I walked into, well, I fell into my bookshelf, right? Yeah. And it looks the same kind of scar. Yeah. You know, like a pointed scar and it's deep and it embeds itself and we'll watch as it heals because it certainly did heal <laughs> mm -hmm. but um yeah well no but it's interesting know, yeah because no it wasn't there last time it wasn't time. there last I, week right so no. did they did they come up with the idea did he come up with the idea after he shot the pilot for dave's backstory i feel like that might be what happened like did he or come maybe up with this what? idea you know, you know, what else I'm going to go check while we're talking. I'm just going to go okay. check the first episode and just see if that scar was there. Okay. Well, here's here's the thing. The, or at least what I would think. It may be that they covered it up for the first um, episode. That's another possibility, right? No, it's there. It's just shot differently. Yeah. He has the scar, but it's just they don't film it right. They've changed how the makeup is being done on the scar because it just doesn't visually play in the first episode. You're looking at him and they're just not foregrounding the scar. They're not lighting the scar. They're not showing it off. He has it, but it's not like an in, it doesn't seem like an integral part of his facial structure the way it does in the second episode. And so I think a choice, obviously a choice was made given how much of this episode is about the fact that spoiler alert, Dave got shot in the head. Uh, and almost died. So the scar is there in the first episode. It's just not, it's not lit. And the makeup isn't done to make it really, uh, like, apparent. Okay. Because so, so much my, of the ep first episode, he's in shadow. He so my guess. Yeah. It's my guess that makeup, I didn't add lighting, but makeup. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's definitely, it's lighting yeah. and it's makeup. And yeah. honestly, the makeup is so, uh, I'm going and I'm checking now. And yeah, like. The, the it's it's so done that you can only when he's standing at exactly the right angle to the light can you even see the scar so yeah it's uh, it's not crazy that we were not able to see it in the first episode okay, it's really hard to see whereas in the second episode oh it's like you can't miss the can't scar miss <laughs> like it's so such an integral part of his look so yeah, yeah. No, 100%. That's what it was. All right, so I was a little worried that they had changed something. But yeah, because what they've done in the first episode is they've just put a line there. And in the second episode, the makeup people have put a little bit of color around the line. So you can always see it. Also, 100%, the scar is bigger in the second episode. Oh, yeah, it's, it's bigger. As I said, I, I looked at it and went, oh, yeah, I know that one. Yeah, no, it's 100%. It's a bone. 
Yeah. So, I mean, he got shot through the bone. Yeah, and, I know. And the and, bullet lodged in his head. And just spoiler alert, we find out that's where he meant his, met his ma- mental patient friend. Yes. When he was in the hospital afterwards. That's why they're so close. Yeah. Is that uh, that guy was also in the hospital when he was in the hospital recovering from his brain injury. So there you go. <laughs> Oh, yeah. All right. So that's that's our little investigation into Dave's car. <laughs> yeah. And oh, was, the little things we focus on in these episodes. Well, no, but I mean, the, the scar and the, him getting shot in the head is vital to the plot of this episode. And what's yeah. interesting is like, there's no mystery around, like, there's nothing for for you to solve or there's no mystery around the fact that he got shot in the head. Like, it's just, no, that just happened they were doing a raid and he got shot in the head. Yeah. Like it's not, um, I feel like the American show tried to make it a mystery of why he got shot in the head and they wanted to do that as a long-term story. But I guess that just didn't, you know, was not a priority for the original version of the show. They're like, no, like this is just part of his backstory. Well, I mean, I guess they don't have the same criminal structure. I mean, the same, same, you know, justice system structures in the United States. So it makes it harder to just everybody knows that when he was in this special force. Yeah. Right. That this was the potential. And that yeah, they this did is the dangerous right. work. And this is what happens there. Yeah. And you don't have the same mm-hmm. kind of organizational structure in the States. And so I guess they because they would have adapted it to the American situation. Oh, I'm sure. And if we can track down, you know, American touching evil, it might be interesting. Yeah. All right. So uh, we see a little ceremony where they're getting rewarded for solving the child abduction case last week. And nobody seems super comfortable with the PR. Uh, no. But they have to do it to, uh, you know, to ensure, because as crazy as it is, it requires a lot of funding to run this unit and let them do whatever they want. They flew to Germany and hung out in Germany for days. Yeah. Right. So it's like, so they need good PR to go with it. You know, yes. uh, which you know, I get, I understand that. And then they go and they talk to the woman who's in charge of the, you know, the essentially coma ward or the long-term disability ward. And they ask her and she claims to have no idea what's going on. Yes. And, but what was, what, what you missed like oh, when they're, just when they get out of it and they're sitting around yeah. afterwards, you see Cregan looking at the file. Yeah. Yes. He's it's looking going, at the file of the killer from last week. Yes. Think. Yeah. And going, I don't think he committed suicide. Yeah. <laughs> I think somebody killed him. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they just all look at him. Well, who cares? <laughs> It's almost like a who cares. Yeah. But why would you say that? Anyway, we'll get we get to that. Well, no, no, he doesn't full on do the I think somebody murdered him yet. Uh first he's just talking about, oh, is that they're calling it a suicide? And he's like, I guess so. And they're all like, Why are you still looking at this? Who cares? Which is a reasonable response. It's not until after they go see at the hospital that he confesses to his partner that he's one hundred percent sure Ronald Hanks didn't kill himself. Because he was a man who was incapable of guilt. You have yeah. to be guilty to kill yourself. And this man was incapable of guilt. And we didn't, we hadn't cornered him. Like you kill yourself because you're guilty or because you know you're caught and you don't want to go to jail. And neither of those 
right? Neither of those were relevant in Ronald Hanks's case because we we didn't have him and he w- didn't feel guilty. Yeah. <laughs> Which is uh that's going to come up, I'm sure. Oh, absolutely that's going to come up. 100%, right? Yeah. But uh yeah, Dave <laughs> confesses that he went to kill him. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And she's going, I don't want to hear this. I don't want to hear this. Yeah. But I didn't do it. He I was didn't just do already it. Don't worry. Dead. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He was already dead when I got there. Yeah. And whoever did kill him, it was a nice touch. I mean, we have to assume that Cregan is right. And so it was a nice touch that whoever did kill him actually put the dog down at the same time. So that it would be more convincing as a suicide. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, but I feel sorry for the dog. So the two other cops. Oh, I know. Oh, that poor dog. He was um, the other. So the two cops have interviewed a couple of people at the hospital while, uh, while, you know, our main characters were interviewing the doctor who runs the unit. Uh, two of the other cops whose names, the redheaded one and the brown headed one. I don't know their names yet. <laughs> Hopefully we'll learn gradually, uh, yes. right? If they're around long enough. Well, yeah, we'll see, right? This is a pretty bleak show. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, uh, they have interviewed this guy named Burgess, who seems a little creepy. Like, the the show is not being coy about framing this guy. as eh, it seems pretty creepy. And then we find out that Burgess comes in on his days. He's a cleaner. But yeah. he's coming in on his days off when he's not getting paid to be there. Which is unbelievably suspicious. You know, especially when they're looking for someone who has access to these victims. And then we get a line that I feel like is going to be important really later. Because out of nowhere, they talk about how one of them, like, their wife is expecting a kid. And I feel like that's a weird thing just to bring up as part of this conversation. So I feel like that's going to be important later on. I feel like I remember something about that, but it's, this is where that plot line is getting introduced. Cause again, I did watch this when it originally came out. I just haven't, you know, seen it in 20 years. Yeah. I may, I may think I remember what the plot line is going to be, but we're not going to go there. Oh yeah. Today. No, we'll wait until we reach there. Yeah. 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 So we uh, we get back, we further the investigation, and we find out that this stuff was written on the victim's arms. Yes. And then washed off. And then Dave figures it out if he looks like, uh, if he looks at the various arms, he can figure out what part, like that the same word, it was on the, the, back the same phrase. Oh, yeah, it was on the back of one of them. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he's able to figure out what was written on them, right? And it's what, let me go? It's let me go. That changes it even more than let me go. Yeah. It, it, but what they can make out is let me go. Yeah. Um, it turns out that that's a little bit of, that doesn't help them all that much. No, of course not. Because, you know, <laughs> it, what you does that think- mean exactly? Well, what does it mean? I mean, the the first thing you're going to think is, okay, 
let me go means that somehow or another, these patients have indicated that, that they don't really want to keep being on life support. Yeah. I mean, that's what you're supposed to assume. Except these are coma patients, so they can't possibly be. Yes. Yeah, they can't possibly be sending messages, but... But still, that's what what you're supposed to think at this point. Yeah, exactly. that's exactly what I sort of thought at this point. At this point in the story. And then you've got... uh, It's a mercy killing. Exactly. And it's more complicated than that. A lot more complicated than that. Yeah. Uh, So they go to talk. Right. They go to talk to a guy who's quadriplegic. Yeah. Who is one of the like who had a seizure but did not die yet. Right. And so they have to figure out exactly what happened to him. And uh, we find out that the guy fell off. He was on his stag night bachelor party and he fell off a roof. So right before he was supposed to get married, he broke his neck. Oof. And now he's been crippled since. It's uh, kind of bleak, but he said he doesn't have anything to offer Dave about what's going on. Not really, no. No, he doesn't have he any likes information. He talking to Dave. Oh, but, yeah. You know, it's um, he didn't really see anything. Yeah, exactly. So what are you going to do? He is... Uh, he is able to communicate the yeses and the noes, and mm-hmm. he can actually pick out letters on on a keyboard mm-hmm. because he can move his fingers. All, well, he can move one finger. Yeah. So he has to like tap over and over again to move the letter along and mm-hmm. then tap twice yeah. to confirm that that's the letter. So as somebody said... We'll More take than it. yes or no is a little difficult. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Right. And then they talk to the attendant, who is the one who uh, took care of the bodies after they, right, uh, took care of the bodies after they died and may have washed the words off. Yeah. Right. And then while they're investigating her, we see somebody put the stencil on the quadriplegic guy. Yeah, and then you just go, oh no. Yep. Oh, we know. You're watching it, it's oh no. Yep. And also disconnect his uh, ability to converse with people. Like disconnect his little machine so he can't warn anybody about what's happened to him. Yeah. Oof. Yeah, he watches them put the the, whatever it is, the liquid in. Yeah. All he can do is watch them, uh, right? And then the woman comes. His nurse comes to give him the, uh, right, uh, give him his food and say that his fiance is coming and he can't communicate. No. Right? He oh, tries. He tries. He tries but with his eyes. He yeah. keeps looking at the Looking at, the, at the bottle, but like she just doesn't understand because she's used to only communicating with him through the computer. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a rough scene. Oh, it's, yeah. It's, it's a really it's, intense scene. It's terrible. And then, but they're also getting messages. Well, now we're not talking about the doctor who's in charge. We haven't talked about the doctor who's in charge of these two units where the people have died. Mm -hmm. And she had originally worked in Holland and Mm -hmm. she was an outspoken advocate of the right to euthanasia. Yeah. 
and they go to visit her. We haven't talked really about that. That's the doctor with her yes. kids. And she, it's really hard when you see her in an own home setting. Yeah. You forget that she's, you know, yeah, she's the doctor. Go, she's the doctor. Yeah. And um, so, you know, she doesn't know, but it turns out, of course, she had seen the writing. Mm-hmm. She's the one that washed that off. But the issue is, did she, is she the mercy killer? Yep. Because she's, you know, pro-euthanasia. Meanwhile, yeah. the other cops have gone to, uh, they look in the locker of the guy, uh, the custodian, and finds that it's full of cheap horror paperbacks, which I guess is how you know someone is deranged. <laughs> like, that's a good short form for someone being deranged, I guess. Cheap horror paperbacks in their locker. <laughs> I feel very insulted. Yep. Uh, but he also has a book on emergency medicine that's owned by the doctor who's in charge of all of this. Dr. Walker, who we were just talking about. Yeah. So that's an that's interesting weird. reveal. Weird thing for a uh, a custodian to have. So, yeah, they are understandably, right, uh, confused. Uh, confused about this guy. Like, it makes sense. But it makes sense to to look at him further, yeah. you know, because they come up with this, well, is he helping the doctor, for example? Mm -hmm. That's one of those things they come up with. They don't know exactly what to make of it. So then they decide they can go and raid his custodial office. Yeah. Because he's a supervisor. He's, he runs the custodial office. Yeah. And that's his excuse sometimes that he comes in on weekends exactly. when they're short staffed. Exactly. Or, yeah. You know, he feels like very, he has a responsibility. Yes. He loves the place and he feels like he has a responsibility. And they, of course, oh, they find all sorts of stuff in the custodial office. Yep. Including the book I mentioned. And but, uh, they decide that they're going to bring him in. Oh, yeah. But before that, we see the interview before they bring him in. We see the yeah. interview with the um, we see the interview with the doctor, which is so fantastic because we find out she's been getting letters. Yeah. Right, telling essentially. Uh, pr saying practice what you preach and essentially chiding her for trying to keep people alive. Yeah. Against their will. And this Which is where is really weird. I know. Yeah. And she's like, now we know it's not the doctor. <laughs> yeah. Right. And so they're like, did you not think this meant murder? And it's like, no, I thought someone was just, you know, mocking me for failing at my job. Right. And this is when she reveals what was on the arms. It wasn't let me go. No. It was let me go back. Yeah. And this is where we get Dave's flashback. And Dave has a. Like just uh like a panic attack. Yeah. He has a panic weird. attack and flashes back to when he got shot. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's really interesting. Yeah, it I is, do find the plot, the entire plot of this interesting. It is. I, it and what they come up with. Mm -hmm. Fascinating. Yeah. Anyway, so it said, let me go back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I guess. You know, and so they're, and then they check handwriting because they've got a good idea of what the handwriting looks like. 
Yeah. Oh. Then, uh, and then we get the best part, right? We get, oh, my, my favorite, like, little mo- note in this episode. All right. Where, so first off, you see how efficient they are at their job, which I think is really smart, which is, uh, they're, they're like, there's a serial killer working in this hospital. We have the resources to draw blood from everyone, like every one of your patients and test it every three hours. Is that enough time to counteract an overdose of digoxin they've been given? And she's like, well, it depends how much they get given. (laughs) But it's just like that level of work going into it is nice. And then Dave has an idea and that's what kicks off the rest of it. He writes a letter to the killer and posts it on a bulletin board that has a security camera right next to it. And he announces on it that he died on a certain day at a certain time. And he says, I know where you've been. And then we get, and she's like, what the, his partner's like, what the hell are you doing? (laughs) Which is, you know, understandable. And so he explains that he had the default bright white light near death experience and that it felt like there was something wrong as he was being pulled back to reality when the doctor saved him. But beyond that, while he was having a bullet pulled out of his brain, he was like, he was floating outside of his body and he watched the operation and he claims to have been able to like tell the surgeons stuff they were talking about again, while he was unconscious and his brain was being worked on. Afterwards, and they didn't want to believe it. And they didn't want to believe it. So he 100% believed in his out-of-body experience. Yeah. And he thinks this let me go back is a reference to that. He believes that someone else, like the killer, is someone who was pulled out. Right? Uh, who was uh, Who died and was brought back and is, has been haunted by that ever since. And it's confirmed when he gets a call from the killer. <laughs> oh, it's so like it, this. I mean, I'll say this, like, uh, while we're not that excited about these episodes and we just, you know, after Wire in the Blood, after Cracker, I mean, it's it's not the ne- that next level stuff. This show moves. Oh, yeah. Well, this it, show really moves. Yeah, it's not. This is why I have such a hard time trying to figure out what, what what's not. Yeah, what's, what's not, not working us for us. Yeah, yeah. Again. What's not working because it's really good. I mean, the little things I always like. Yeah. You know, when you were talking about the blood, then the doctor says, "Well, yeah, it depends." But yeah, do it. Please come in and do it. <laughs> yeah, she's happy to have. She he's happy to be on this thing because she wants this guy to get caught. Like they're not even like she's not doing that thing that, you know, authority figures do in cop shows where they demand to not have their authority questioned. Yeah. No, no. She's she's more than happy to have them come in and do all this blood work and stuff because it might save one of her patients. And that's her whole thing, quite understandably. She goes to a lot of work to save these people. But unfortunately. Oh. The uh yeah, the guy with the the quadriplegic does in fact die, and yeah. the voice on the phone says he's going to die beforehand. Yes. Yep. But they don't quite pick it up. No. No, they and don't. And they certainly don't kind of really understand what she's saying. He I now I've given you a clue. It's a yeah, she. <laughs> it is a she. Sorry. Sorry. 
but yeah, but I mean, when when the voice is that altered, you got to be doing it for a reason. So I think it's it's not that hard to guess. Yeah, yeah. And they go to uh, they go to Burgess's, you know, in Burgess's stuff, they find all of this stuff about uh, the doctor who's running the place. Right, they find all of this stuff that he is seems to be weirdly obsessed with and maybe even stalking this doctor. Yeah, and he's got a diary. Yep. And he's got and then in their house he finds they find drawers of medical equipment. Yep. Needles and things like that. And he just says, But I had a roommate who was a yeah. sales rep. Yeah, I know. And that's not very convincing and going. No, no, it's not. He must have. I'm going. He must know their la- his the last name. Like, what are they doing here? <laughs> no. yep. Oh, okay, totally. So moved on to another company, so he's not yep. living here anymore. But we can mm. still track him down. Oh yeah. If you give us more than his first name, <laughs> I know, which was right? Pete. Yeah. Yeah. That part of it sort of annoyed me. Yeah. Like it annoyed me when they kind of. It it did annoy me when they brought him in. Yeah, I get that. You know, and and Cregan does say, "Look, he's not the guy." Yeah, there's no way. You yeah. know, especially because Cregan is one hundred percent convinced that this is another person who has had a near death experience. Yes, and this guy has had nothing like that in his life. No, like he has never encountered that. No. Meaning, like, this can't be the guy. Like, based on his logic. And they should learn to trust Cregan's logic. Yep. Maybe they will by the end of it. Oh, I'm sure. Like, gradually. (laughs) They're not going to be fighting against him forever. But yeah, his, like, the, the whole idea that, oh, he's a sales rep for medicine. So that's why he's got all of this, you know, weird syringes. And stuff in his... Yeah, it's, it's not convincing. Like, to be fair, like, we know it's a red herring, obviously. Like, unlike the first episode, they do a red herring this week. Uh, but yeah, it's a pretty obvious red herring. And we're just like, no, we, we know this can't be the guy. Yeah. 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 But uh, they do not, he does not, he cannot put them in contact with it, uh, with the guy frustratingly. So they don't have anything they can, but they don't also really have anything major that they can hold him on. Yeah. Yeah, but uh but they do confront him with the uh his obsession with the doctor. Yeah. Yeah, and uh find out that yeah, he's been stealing her clothes. He really is creepily obsessed with the doctor. Yes, but Oof. he would never do anything to hurt her. Oh, no, of course not. <laughs> he makes that clear. And they're the so they can't, you know. Uh, they can't arrest him for this crime, and Dave says he can't have done it, but they can put a restraining order keeping him the hell away from the hospital and the doctor he's obsessed with. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Jonathan, the dark-haired guy, right, uh, wants to keep, like, because he's the one who interviewed him and he's the one who found this, like, wants to keep pushing, because that's how cops are. They have their first idea, and then they just assume they're right about their first idea, invariably. And that's why they get, uh, you know, and that's why so many innocent people go to jail, because cops are uh, cops refuse to admit they're wrong. 
They refuse to entertain the possibility that they could be wrong. And so they would rather send an innocent person to prison for the rest of their life than admit they were wrong. And that sounds cold, but that's just like the history of, you know, especially American justice, but justice generally. Yeah, well, and it's, it's, yeah, he, he has this thing. He, he wants to, he, he, he's sure that they have enough. And if it was anybody else. Yeah, You know, they would, if it wasn't Cregan there, if the other guy was still in charge, well, yep. they would. Um... And they find out that the guy had a, has an assault history against his mother. Yeah. Uh, so it's like, no, that's enough. History of violence. He's creepily obsessed with this doctor. That's all we need is his. Yeah, except logic. that what's what that's the. Yeah. And these two cops, what the problem is, is that what the guy, if he was the guy and he's not the guy. Mm -hmm. if he was the guy what he's doing is not violent so even yeah. his violence doesn't mean yeah it, it doesn't fit this profile no it, it it shouldn't but of course the dark-haired guy who is the one who is expecting his wife is a, they're expecting a baby yeah um he talks the red-headed guy into going back and, pushing and just bullying guy. the guy Bullying the guy. Yep. And that has its repercussions. <sighs> and the repercussions are not good. And Burgess is so upset. Is it, is it, I just want to point out that is it bad that my first reaction is uh, after the show had the cops be, the first episode had the cops being so professional, so good at their job, that my reaction to this scene is, oh, well, it's good to finally see cops being like real cops on this show. <laughs> bullying an innocent person. Yeah, bullying him. Yeah, bullying him and threatening him and just telling him he's the killer, basically. Yeah. And yeah. he's just so upset because he can't go back to the hospital, so he goes rushing into the hospital. He starts screaming and hollering and rips and accidentally commits suicide. Yep. By, you know, because, yeah, electric, he electrocutes, electrocutes himself. himself. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that was a rough one. That was that, and it was terrible, it and it terrible. was all because of these bad cops, mm -hmm. you know. And the the orange headed guy is the weak one. Yep, the weaker one. He's the one who agrees to go and do it. But you know, I mean, I'm just no. This is maybe they had more latitude to do stuff. Yeah, but they just figure. I don't know what they're figuring, but. You know, it doesn't even make sense. Well, yeah, well, you know, let's go bully him. Let's go get him to confess. Oh, geez. Yes, and it is terrible that you were thinking that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, cops are finally behaving like cops. They didn't last time. No, they didn't. They really cool. Yeah, they were great at everything last time. And here, they're just like, no, no, we're, we're well, doing the cop stuff. These two, and, and you're two, getting yeah. a little more of the upset that Cregan has brought. To this unit, yeah. To this unit, because... A couple of times we've got the unit functioned perfectly well before he got here. And mm -hmm. we would have this Burgess in jail already. Uh, yeah, probably. Yeah. Yeah. They probably would have already put him in jail. But and yeah. And they also, they also, within this whole thing where Burgess kills himself, they also had that scene where they decode the audio mm -hmm. right? they, and find out that it's a woman's voice. Afterwards. After yeah. the guy's dead, of course. Yeah. It's the same two guys that find out it's a woman. Yeah. And you're just going, you couldn't have done that before? Yep. 
because they could very frustrating the same two cops yeah no they could have absolutely and and i'm sure that the the dark-haired one the expectant father did it so that he could prove that it was burgess and then it turns out it's a woman yeah and then we get the most strangely like confusingly edited scene of the show okay where suddenly dave collapses yeah suddenly dave has been drugged and collapses like uh-huh. that came out of nowhere <laughs> like the first time i watched it i felt like i had missed a scene you know like him collapsing is so abrupt right you're like did i did i not see something and no i did like and the answer is no we you didn't, didn't miss, miss anything. anything no you didn't miss anything right but it is it is abrupt how quickly he's knocked out and you're not exactly sure how it happened yeah it's very weird i mean because okay this is where he faints in his kitchen floor yeah yeah and what has happened is that he hasn't even gotten to the fridge yeah. because the fridge it contains this person she has gone in and she has poisoned his drinks yeah you know and if he had gone mm-hmm. and taken a sip of out of the coke bottle the water bottle the milk and then he bottle, collapses and yeah, then collapses fun. okay but no he walked in. and i did go, i i actually went back like did we miss him drinking something i'm going did i go go away you know did i look away from the screen for a, <laughs> for a minute a second? i, I know right yeah uh, but no okay i'm glad we had the exact same reaction to this yeah no i went back to ch- check and no he didn't miss anything it's just weird you know and then yeah. and you get you know, the woman dragging him and the rest of it, so. Yep, and giving him the little speech, getting ready to drug him and giving him a little speech about how he'll be happier, like he knows the world is awful and where he belongs, right? And he wants to, and he really misses it and he wants to go back. Yeah, exactly. You know, and and you know, and she's saying, well, do you think it's better here? Do you want, and he he can answer with his again yeah you know, just a blink because they're yeah they're exactly comparing him to yeah. uh the in this moment they're comparing him to the man with uh quadriplegia the man with the broken neck you know and he tries to tell her no i don't want to go back now well he's fine what do you staying. mean i are, are you happy with this word that yes <laughs> yeah and she just will not believe him no. As luck would have it. Yeah. And in a know, unbelievably his, happy coincidence. His uh, partner. Well, no, but them driving Burgess to suicide. Yes. Right? Driving Burgess to suicide has pissed off the home secretary. And yeah. they have to get called in immediately to talk to him. But Dave's not answering his phone for obvious reasons. So his partner has to go and check on him. So it's yes. just like. really unbelievably lucky timing for Dave. yes you know as the other as the as the cop says i know you're she's going but i'm on a date i'm going on a date well you know i can wait for a little bit go (laughs) you've got to go get him and then she looks inside she sees a needle in the house Mm -hmm. because she can't raise him he doesn't answer the phone he doesn't nobody answers the door but her and then she cops in calls in more cops but this allows, of course, so but she does get in, yep, and then she gets hit over the head, allowing 
our yeah, killer grabs her gun grabbing to grab her gun and leave but the key part is, and this is the part that we don't understand the significance of right away, we see her injecting something directly into his heart. Yeah. And we don't know what the significance of that is immediately, but that, of course, will be revealed to be incredibly significant later on. But yeah, the killer escapes with her gun. So yeah, yeah. real, real bad situation to be in as a cop. One of the worst. Yeah. Yeah, you don't ever want to lose your gun. Or have it taken from you. But yeah, Dave, uh, yeah, and the best part is the caretakers of the building said it was like, let the woman in because she said it. she was Dave's wife and seemed distressed. You know, and then the guy's going, I'm sure that that, that he Hopefully doesn't have a job, job anymore. Right? Yeah, that was a very nice moment. Yes, you have, you have a few nice of those little nice moments. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, it, it really is, right? And then we've got, uh, oh, my God. Oh, right? So they're talking about the, uh, they're talking about, what do you call it? The, um, the, the scene. They realize that this has to be a medical professional just because of the equipment she used on Dave and the uh -huh. fact that it was all done with a lot of precision. Like, 100%. Like, it has to be a doctor or nurse doing this. Yes, and they then... And of course, Dave knows it's a woman. Yep. Oh no, as does his partner. She as did say so, say something to the partner. The partner didn't yeah. see her, but she did speak when she yeah. had the gun pressed to the partner's head. Yeah. So. And then Dave opens his eyes, and the killer is standing directly over him, asking him if he saw anything. And now what we realize is what she gave him was adrenaline to bring him back from the uh, to reinvigorate his heart from the digoxin she gave him because she wanted to find out what he saw. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Damn. Like, okay, it's it's a woman, messed up episode. It really is. Yes, and this woman is really messed up. There's yeah. no question. Oh, absolutely. And how messed up? Yeah. But uh, the key part is they do manage to also find the, uh, they also manage to find one of the doctors pausing to look at the card Dave left on the board. And it's the same doctor. So it's the same doctor. So they've got a picture of her looking at the board. Dave's going to be able to tell them when they recover. But, and this is again, how efficient they are because Dave left the card on the board, which made him a target of the killer. Right. Uh, because he did that, they managed to identify her even before Dave wakes up. So he doesn't have to wake up and just tell them who did it. Yeah. Uh, because he now knows it's the doctor who was working on me. Right. Uh, but they've managed to figure it out on their own. Because, again, they seem to be pretty good at their job and they're good at thinking things through. You know, yes. uh, this isn't a situation where, like, they may disagree and they do disagree a lot. But it's like. They're actually doing the legwork when they're told, when they're assigned to do the legwork and told to do the legwork, they're actually doing it. So then they start getting this woman's backstory. Yeah. Well, they go to her house first. Yeah. And we get this crazy, uh, unbelievable. Scene to, oh my God. I, I mean, they, the absolute disgusting state of her house. Ooh. Yeah. And then the, uh, 
oh my god. And then we get her backstory that it's like, yeah, she's a doc, uh, right? She's been, f- like, she has been jumping from job to job just to stay with Dr. Walker. Yeah. She never takes, she's been offered full-time positions and she never takes them. She wants to stay as a locum so she can move easily. To wherever it is, Dr. Walker is. So, so yeah, Dr. Walker, I mean, she had two stalkers this episode. Yeah. And, And the thing is, you know, and so they talked to her. So you had to have done something to somebody yep. because it's clear that she's obsessed this woman, you have to have met her at some time. Mm-hmm. And when they find out, when they find her maiden, I think it's when they find her maiden name, they find out that she was in a car accident and it was Dr. Walker who had brought her back. Yeah. And saved her. Mm-hmm. You know, and then a little later on, yeah it's not really a well it is a bit of a spoiler but the cop Cregan goes to visit the cop who and he's do you probably don't remember the case and she he said oh yes I do mm-hmm. and he said but as far as he was concerned she was trying to commit suicide yeah yeah this was not an accident I was yeah, sure it. she was trying to kill herself yeah yeah oh my god so she's not happy with Dr. Walker for bringing her back yep then we get a uh and we get a nice scene right we get a a nice scene where dave's ex-wife and her new guy yeah show up to visit him in the hospital we find out a little bit about how this family relationship is going and how dave is not good of being away from his family (laughs) yes but yeah he's also not good at being in the family no no he's not divorced it's a mess (laughs) Yeah, oh. so but the new you know because she he shows up period we saw him show up oh, yeah. last episode yeah you know? he, he goes by he stays involved but it's like he's not good at being present for them yeah and the and the thing is is the new guy is very understanding of all yeah. of that he's like he's dave's just going to be showing up you know yeah yeah okay that, <laughs> like, there's that, no that's way around part it. of the deal you know it's part of the deal like if yeah. you know this is my this is my family and this is just one element of my family now you know this is they've just added this other sort of weird like it is it's an interesting relationship they've set up oh yeah so in this in this way you see him as a little akin to the character that develops in uh wire in the blood oh yeah this totally obsessive stuff Mm -hmm. like he just can't so and whether this is just because of the accident and it might be right no the shooting yeah it might have happened because of the shooting because something like that can really affect the brain mm-hmm. so oh completely yeah like yeah. did it completely adjust his personality and it's like i can't imagine that did that much it's but who can say right he got oh. shot in the frontal lobe like it's gonna mess you up yeah and it he took a long time to recover and the thing is is that he did die and he got brought back. He's happy enough to be brought back. Oh, yeah. But he's mm-hmm. not unhappy that he was brought back. But at the same time, as he said, it was the only time in his life he's ever felt fully welcome. Yeah. He When he explains what the experience was like as he was dying. Right. And he said, mm-hmm. yeah, he said it was this typical. He said, white lightning. He said, there were all these people smiling at me and welcoming me. 
Yeah. And he didn't say they were family members or no. anything like that. It was just people. Yeah. yeah. It felt like a place to be. And then we get this scene of her trying to kill herself and not having the guts to do it. Yeah. We And then we see a scene with the killer's uh, husband, ex-husband now. Oh, geez, right. Yeah. Who it turns out like she met at a support group for people who have had near death experiences who have died and come back as they call it. They call themselves yeah. zombies <laughs> and a nice little joke. And, but the key is that like he could not make it work with her. Right. He says, because like all she wants is to talk about death and all she wants to do is obsess over this thing that happened to her. And he's like, it, it's just, there was no way for them to have a real relationship. Meanwhile, she's gone off to pretend to be a visiting uh, doctor to check on a woman who's in a coma. And, no, you know, yeah, yeah, I guess she is in a She yeah. hasn't been. Yeah. Yeah, she was in a coma. Yeah, this woman who's in a coma, this new woman who's in a coma, he, she goes to check on her so she can just kill somebody else because, again, she's decompensating. Like yeah. she's doing that serial killer thing where they know they're going to get caught. So they try to do da as much damage as they can, right? Before they go down. Yeah, yeah it's oof. Yeah. And now they that get was into the. So uh, horrible. I know. Then it you really get was. The issue where they, they call the health unit in that area yep. because somebody has seen someone has died. Mm -hmm. And so who are the other people in this situation? And they're going to track them down because she's probably going to go there. And then what do we see? She's and you're just going, oh, my God, yeah. she's with Dave's. She goes to Dave's house and the oh. kids. And, and for a second, you're terrified. But then I'm like, no, I don't know that she has it in her to just attack somebody. Like well, that, what like, I was thinking is one of the kids sicker than we think, that none yeah. of them were in a coma. Exactly, but then she right? Just, no, she just wants to talk, and she finds mm -hmm. out that Dave's wife is pregnant, and the kids, she talks with the kids and explains to them what to look for um, with men, if they have meningitis. Have meningitis, or, you know, and, and the wife, and that's oh, yeah. all, you know. And, and that's the, all it is. That's all she does. Yeah, and then the husband comes home with the baby, with the with the son. Yeah, um, from the park, obviously, and uh, then she just leaves. Mm -hmm. And but and we was, can't, we don't know what would have happened if the husband hadn't also come home. Yeah, that's that's. But you're, yeah, you're again the, breathing a sigh of relief when the husband comes in. Yeah, and maybe she wouldn't have done anything, but we'll never know because the yeah. husband does show up. Yeah. Oh no, but that's it's a really intense scene. It's a really intense, well-made scene. Yeah. That, yeah. One was, that one was tense. Yep. Really, really good. I mean, it's a very well-produced show. You know, again, it doesn't have the artistry of Wire in the Blood, but just like from a structure and an editing standpoint, oh my God. Yeah. It's We're a really well-produced show. Yeah. You've got the one little weird thing, like why does he collapse on the floor? Yeah. We'll, we'll never well, maybe, know the answer to that. Well, no, maybe he did. You know, maybe he did drink something and collapsed. Because as you say, they do the scene where they dump out every single thing in his fridge. all And just destroy yeah. all of his food. So I don't know. Did they did, did they need to cut to one minute from it? From the Should show? Like, like the 15 seconds of seeing him eating something? 
Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, and then, of course, she, yeah, she yeah. calls him, right? Yeah. And said Again. and apologizes for going to see his family and claims she just wanted to see who he was. So, you know, she understands says, how messed they up it don't. Was. But they yeah. don't want you anymore. And they don't need you anymore. And if you think you're getting back with them, uh, you know, if you think you're you have a chance of getting back with them, well, your wife's pregnant with his kids, so I don't think that's going to happen for you. And that's how so Dave you've finds got out. Nothing, you've got nothing to keep you here. Exactly. There's nothing don't you really want to go, back, want to go to. back? Yeah. Yeah. This woman is mm -hmm. definitely obsessed. Oh, yeah. Oh, obsessed. with dying. Yeah. But as Dave says to her, and as we've already seen, she just doesn't have the guts to do it herself. Yeah. And she figures if she keeps sending off more and more people, she'll be convinced that she's quote unquote, like, she wants so much to believe that she'll be going to a better place. Yeah. That she keeps sending people there, kind of like reverse engineering the logic. Well, I wouldn't be doing this if they weren't going to a better place. So they must be going to a better place. And she's like, if I do it enough times. It'll convince, like, it, I'll convince myself. Yeah, she doesn't it's, say that. No, no, but I mean, that's, I'm just saying that's, that's the subtext of what's going on with killing people. these people. Like, it, yeah. it is, it is. It's very yes. well done. Like, it is. Yeah. It's a really, I, I, good, that motive is clear is what I'm saying, whether she yeah. says it that way or not. No, the motive, the motive is clear. Yeah. And the very fact that she had attempted to commit suicide yeah. and then got brought back, she's probably telling herself this is her mission. Exactly. This is why she got brought back. Yeah. To stop people from, oh, because she does that whole thing of quoting um, that people who come back don't belong here. Yeah. The, uh, yeah. The, the church, right? The, uh, the sect which, of Judaism that believes that, you know, you've stolen. Oh, she called the Sadducees. God. Yes. She yeah. talked about the Sadducees and I'm going. That's not a thing I was familiar with. Uh no, I'm not sure where you got that from, honey, but I don't know. That's not what that is. Wrong. No, no, the Sadducees don't even exist, of course. Oh, okay. They cease to exist after the after the um the destruction of the temple and the oh, okay. it's so tell. that far back. And okay. the and the Jewish war, right? It, yeah. it, you know, so I don't know where she got this information from. She probably read it off some, well, it wouldn't be <laughs> the internet at this point, but. You know. Yeah, I don't doing research into her obsession with death, uh, you know, when yeah. it come up. And, and they don't know how to find her, but luckily she calls Dave. Yes. She calls Dave and says, I've poisoned a bunch of people. And if you come and meet me, I'll tell you who. Yes. And now we get the climax, which I'm going to say, I think is the best part of the episode. Always. Yeah, right? Yes, it allows you to go say, oh, so this is what it was all leading up to. Yeah. And she just goes back to her house. It's not like she's trying hard to not get caught. She just wants to die, but yeah. she can't do it herself, so she wants Dave to do it. Yeah. And then she'll tell him the names of those people. Yeah. She'll give him all the names of the people so that they can be given the you know, uh, treatment for the digoxin in time if he poisons her. Yeah. And she says that, and he, and he just says, do it yourself if you're so desperate to kill yourself. Leave me out of it. And she's like, no matter how hard I try, I can't, I can't do it to myself. 
Jesus. Yeah, I know, eh? It's a messed up episode. Like, it really well, is. These, these, yeah, she's, it's just like, no, so I'm going to drag you in and make you yeah, kill me. Exactly. No, I'm going to make not, my drama your problem. Yeah, you know. No, it's not that Dave is unwilling to kill somebody like him. It's not. He went to kill Ronald Hinks, yeah. you know, one week ago. You know, that's not this, but this that's is not, not the problem. This yeah. is not the same thing. This no, woman not is, is not, quote, unquote, evil. No. In a, in a she's true just so damaged. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. That, that she's committing these acts. So he does manage to talk her into giving him the names by saying, well, you know, I've never lied to you and you trust me. And yeah, and he talks to her and, and says, that's give me the names. Gives him the names. Yeah. He calls the hospital and then won't do it. Yeah. So she's screaming and hollering at him. Oh, oh in the meantime, so good time, we've missed the fact that the dark haired cop has to go because his wife is in labor in the yeah. hospital. Exactly. Yeah. And I'm sure that's going to be vitally important for next week. Yeah. Uh, I, I kind of remember where that's going, but I, I'm not going to like spoil yeah. it for anybody who hasn't seen it. And the other thing is that we have um, we there's something we forgot is that Dave is suspicious because we we missed the the whole angle where the two guys say, okay, Burgess didn't do it. Is this on record? Did you put it in the record? Yeah. And of course, he had put it in the record. And then he he says, well, can you get rid of it? Yeah. That we visited there. Because yep. that would be proof that there mm -hmm. was a cause and effect. You know, that the because nobody can figure out why Burgess all of a sudden went off Killed the rails. himself. Yeah. Yeah. And so he does delete it. And then, but Dave, Dave is very suspicious. And his, oh, yeah. I mean, that, that when he's talking with his partner, Ruth, as I'll call her, um, when he's talking with his partner and asking, which one of these ones, you know, would yeah. you, if you had to tell them something or you had to do something, which it's, one would who, cover yeah, up? It's, who would cover up for you and who would you want on a raid? Yeah. Yeah. And that's the key elements that he needs to profile these guys. Because yeah, but, we immediately know what he's thinking. Oh, yeah, is, because we know what they did. <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. But he's thinking, somebody killed Ronald. Yeah. I know I didn't do it. And more importantly, someone knew how to make it look like it was a suicide to try and get away with it. Yeah. Uh, then we get the uh, the beautiful moment where he says, uh, where he goes to her and he says, I'm not going to, uh, right, I'm not going to kill you. Like, I've, I've betrayed you. I've lied to you. I'm not going to kill you. And she is so unbelievable. You know, she's angry with him. She feels betrayed. And he just calls the cops to come and get her. Yeah. And then she asks him, right, if he saw anything when she poisoned him, when he was out. And this is Dave deciding whether he can convince her to kill, like deciding. I mean, it's Dave deciding whether she kills herself or not. Yeah. And Dave does say that he saw, like, that he was back there and he did see something. And he saw the same thing she did, and there is a better place. He doesn't phrase it that way, but that is what he is telling her. 
And then we cut away and we cut back and she's killed herself. So yeah, like the first episode, uh, Dave tries to murder a man. The second episode, Dave talks a serial killer into killing herself. Well, she's so, so, I mean, they've got all the proof. They know she did it. Oh, yeah. Now stopped. And she is a very, very unhappy, unstable woman. She's as damaged as you get. Yes. Absolutely. Like, again, it's it's not like I have sympathy for her. Nope. But it's just, it's, it's weird that this is how we're learning more about who Dave is. And we don't even see it as being sympathy on Dave's part. It's more, no. yeah, no, you yeah. can, yeah. You, you can now leave. You can go. And I'm going to tell you this because that means you will leave. Yeah. You know? And that, yeah, that's the messed up part. And he's just like, I know, I know what the result of saying this is going to be. He is yeah. fully cognizant of why he's doing this. And he's doing this so she will kill herself. And she does. Like, it is, it is a partnership with her in that moment. Yeah. Although that is a very, you know, overstated way to say it. But no, like, they are both trying to get her killed at that point, as weird as that might sound. Like, he and the killer want the exact same thing. Except Dave isn't going to do it. That's no, Dave isn't going to kill her. She's going to have to do it herself. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting way to end the episode. It just I is. So. Yeah. Like it's, it really does give you that moment of, you don't know how comfortable to be about with Dave, you know? Yeah. And you're still not going to know. It's, no. It's because he's going to track down. He's going to want to track down the guy that killed Hinks. Hinks. Even yeah. though. Even, even though he though, wanted Hinks dead. Yeah. He if was he ready to do it himself. Yeah. But we already know because he asked that question and because he knows what those guys did to the janitor, you know yeah. he's not the kind of person to let this go. No. Nope. Yeah, and uh there's a I mean, the fact that like uh they're they're hinting pretty broadly uh who's responsible in this episode, uh, because let's face it, uh you can say, Oh well, the only reason Jonathan can't sleep is you know, his wife's expecting. Maybe, but they are, they do a lot of scenes of Jonathan not being able to hold it together this week. Yes. And that is all, I presume, I don't know if, like, I don't remember if it gets resolved right away, but I presume that's all going to get wrapped up, you know, next week. We'll see at the end of the first season. <laughs> yeah. They're not going to, they're not going to bleed this out into a second season, I'm guessing. Yeah, it's funny eh? because it's only when I start watching the episodes that I kind of go, oh, yeah, I have seen them before. I don't yeah, remember right? them. Not really. Not really. But yeah, you have seen them before. Totally. Yeah. All right. Uh, so, yeah, very interesting episode this week. Again, it doesn't have that extra level that we like out of some of our, you know, favorite shows. But I'm not going to say it was bad at all, like by any stretch of the imagination. <laughs> It's a good episode this week. Yeah. It's very intense, very interesting. Like they wow. deal with a lot of really, really rough to think about stuff because it does get into, well, what is the morality of this kind of euthanasia? And like, how can you get informed consent from somebody who's been in a coma for how long? Right. You know, it's like, 
would these people want to live this way? Well, you can't talk to them about it. Yes. And some of them, of course, all of them have at one point in the histories, we didn't talk about that, but in their histories, they have at one point died. Yeah, exactly. Every one of them has has died and been resuscitated. Yes. And been resuscitated. So she's, she's just sending, as far as she's concerned, she's just doing what was supposed to be done. That was that whole thing about talking about the Sadducees and how they're not supposed to be. Once somebody has died, they're supposed to be, you're supposed to let them Stay Otherwise, dead. you're robbing them from heaven, or however you want to describe. Well, it. no, she. It wasn't just that. It's that that they're not supposed to be on Earth, and therefore Anymore. they're taking yeah. up space on yeah. Earth, and they're not supposed to be there. Yeah, so, it's an interesting um, idea. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they they bring up a whole bunch of different things, but the very fact that this woman who wants to go so badly to this this place cannot kill herself dave doesn't want to go back there no and and seriously the guy who was a quadriplegic he has no intention of dying nope he didn't want to die i mean she she's killed some people who didn't want to die or and she attempted to kill or she wanted to kill um dave yep right so totally you know and they don't want to go they're happy and they're happy enough to be back, these people, even though the quadriplegic is a quadriplegic. Yeah. But he can still communicate. He can still be taken care of. Yeah. His he's still fine is with still, his life. You yeah. Coming to see him. Yeah. He's still coming to see him. Yeah. So, it's, it's a very interesting episode. Yeah. It's it's what they're doing with all of these different issues about it. I, I liked it. I liked the episode. I really liked the first one, too. I can't do that. It's just, it doesn't, there's no one, I guess that's the point, probably. Like so many people, I guess, we're kind of hung up on having a character we can be really attached to. (laughs) Yes. You know, it's... Yeah, I don't want to say that we're that, uh, we're that prosaic with our thing, but yeah, we we really are. I hate, I hate to, I hate to say it, but our favorite shows always have lead characters that you can just dig your teeth in. That we just get on board with. Yeah. You can get on board with whether you, whether you, it's not a question. Whether you fully agree with them or not. Yeah. You know, they're. Dave is, is such a cipher. Yeah. In a way that Tony Hill just isn't. Yeah. Like you can completely get on Tony, on board with Tony Hill immediately. Yeah. And maybe that's the problem because I think if I think about, sort of Dave does get like there is there's obviously stuff there yeah except that he seems to be so much in control of all of that stuff he doesn't accept to go and visit his wife yeah you know periodically when he's got problems emotional Mm -hmm. issues or something yeah because he doesn't know how to cope with them on his own yeah he doesn't know how to cope on his own but that's and we'll find out you know more sort of about that yeah but it is it is um, interesting because he is a yes a stoic character and he seems to have dealt with so much and this is the first crack the little crack in that yeah um, it's it's a facade he has learned how to do his job he's good at his job mm-hmm. you know he has this friend you know that, that yeah. also has these weird things. 
Um, we only see him in flashback this week. Yeah, but like I said, I don't think it's wrong that I refer to him kind of as a cipher. Yeah. Like, I yeah. really think that is. And I think we're, you know, Vinny. What about yeah. Vincenzo? Jeez. You've got, like all the goodies, all the really good ones that I can think if I was. They're guys who we could get on board with immediately. This is making me think that, right? Yeah. That that's what I find it hard to get attached to the lead character in this. And that yeah. may be, you know, why it didn't last lo longer. Yeah. Um, it's hard to get. And you always have to be able to get like this is the second episode. So we've now had three hours yeah, with this guy, with this guy. And, and he's still keeping at us at arm's length. Yeah. And I'm not sure that that was a good choice to make. That somewhere we needed to see some kind of a flaw that was going to keep us going. Yeah. That interacts and affects his job. And we're not seeing that. Mm -hmm. It's interesting. I mean, I had never thought about that to myself. Because I, but I think that yeah, factors in. Because what do we complain about about um, the FBI? Um, yeah. You know, wise guy. Yeah. You know, the minute Vinny's gone, well, yeah, Roger Lococo could take over. <laughs> but, you know, that was about it. Now, I mean, Den Dennis Anthony Dennison did a good job. Anthony Dennison, yeah. You know? He did. Um, yeah, he did a good job when he had to fill in. But, you know. Uh, but at the same time. You needed, Ro you needed Roger to, like, literally the only person they could have that could give you the, like, uh, the, like, get get the audience fully on board with him that quickly. Yeah. You know, so I <laughs> and think that's exactly what it was. Yeah. And I think we're going to have to think about that again, because it, it is something I, well, I mean, I'm sure our listeners, I mean, it's the same thing. And maybe that's why criminal minds is so successful because, it because you so, like all of these people so much, you, you have so many people you can attach yeah. yourself to. So Immediately that too. Yeah, you know, you have people who love all of these different characters. It's very, very easy to attach yourself to different I characters. I think that's true. Yeah. You know, I mean, we spend our, we spent how many hours? Talking about this, yeah. Watching them and talking about them and analyzing them and we're still doing it. So, yeah, it's not hard to do. It's not hard to want to do. So if I was to say, what is it that makes Criminal Minds worthwhile watching? It's not the serial killing. It's not the other. It's all of these people. <laughs> No, I think that's accurate. You know, and that's why it's managed to last. Yeah. And it has. And pick up a new generation. Yeah. Like it's, multiple it's new well, multiple new generations. Yeah. And if like TikTok is what it, what what got it going. It got it come to come back. No, but it's like generation after generation keeps finding and loving criminal minds. And it's not yeah. an accident because like you say, it gets us on board right away. Yeah. And I know this is weird, but I feel like the the title font isn't that different from Wire in the Blood either. Like when you're seeing Robson Green's name. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny. Yeah. But no, it, it is it is interesting that like of all the things to change from the pilot, well, we made the scar bigger and we put a dark line of makeup in the middle of the scar. So you're always going to be noticing the scar. Well, hopefully it does heal. I mean... I, no, I it's been to, two I years. I don't. I think that scar is going to be there forever for the oh, character. Wow, too bad. Well, he could have plastic surgery. Now the character yeah. could have plastic surgery and get rid of it quite easily. But you know, the, I doubt the character of Dave Cregan would do that. Yeah. All right. But anyway, this is stuff we'll talk about more as we continue our way for the show. 
for now, uh, I just want to, as always, thank you for listening. I almost said watching. If you have any questions, if you have any comments, if there's any profiling-related fiction you'd like us to check out, drop us a line at profilingcriminalminds at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. If you're listening to us on an app or podcatcher, please be sure to rate and review. That's how people find out about the show. We're going to see you here uh, next time for episode 103. Did you check the title? I told it to us at the end of last one. Um, Deadly Web. I checked yes. the title. Uh, Deadly Web? Deadly Web is the third episode. Okay. And that's the end of the first season. So uh should be pretty exciting. Uh, we'll see you back here for that next Thursday. But until then, I'll say that's right. Au revoir. And have a good week.